You're listening to The Word of Hope, a radio ministry of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Our preacher is Pastor Brian Wolfmuller with today's Word of Hope. In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear saints, in his letter to the church in Ephesus, St. Paul has been painting a picture of the church as a body. In fact, a very unique and special body. That is, the church is the body of Christ. For example, Ephesians 1, He put all things under His feet, that is, God the Father put all things under the feet of Jesus, and gave Him as head over all things to the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him who fills all in all. There is one body, one spirit, says Paul, Ephesians 4, referring to the church, the body of Christ, chapter 4, verse 12. Then, Paul says that Jesus, who ascended to the right hand of God the Father, is giving gifts to the church, that is, to His body on earth. and And He says this, Until we attain to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, or by human cunning, or by craftiness, or by deceitful schemes... Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body to grow up so that it builds itself up in love. Do you get the picture? The church is the body of Christ. Christ is the head. And we are His body. And just as our body has all sorts of different parts, a hand over here and an eye up there and a foot down there, so the body of Christ, the church. All of us are members of of His body and we are bound up into one, bound up to one another and bound up to Jesus so that we have our life and our joy and our peace being found together in Him. And that this is by the Spirit and by the Lord's Word A body that's growing in love and growing in faith, growing in unity, growing in stature, that the body of Christ that is the church is in fact becoming more mature and more holy as the Lord continues to do His work. But now, at the end of this letter, chapter 6, Paul finally gets to something about this body that he's been hinting at all along, and it is this. This body, the body of Christ on earth, the church, is under attack. In fact, this body is the body of a soldier, which is in the midst of battle. This is important for us to know. I mean, it's a bit of a surprise. It could be that this body of Christ could be the body of a dancer, a ballerina dancing throughout the world. Or it could be a a body of a construction worker that's building a home or building a temple. Or it could be the body of a king that rules on the earth. But that's not what the body of Christ is. The Lord's church has the body of a soldier that's under siege. So Paul is going to unfold this in the verses that we have in Ephesians chapter 10. And in fact, he's going to answer a number of questions, and we consider five of them. 
If we are the body of Christ, a soldier at war, the first question is, who is the enemy? The second question, where is the battle? The third question, what is our role? The fourth question, what is our protection? And then finally, fifth, what weapons are we given for battle and how do we use them? So first, who is our enemy? Who is your enemy? Who is trying to destroy your world, your society, your family, and your church? Who is it? The devil loves loves for us to think that we can identify our enemies as other people, as flesh and blood. That we would say that our real enemy is in Washington, D.C. <laughs> or that our real enemy lives next door. Or our real enemy is a member of our own family or whatever it is. But Paul here on this point is emphatic. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly, in the heavenly places, Ephesians 6.12. The attack on you is not from people, no matter how wicked people are. The real attack on you and on your family and on your church is from the devil and his demons. The war is a spiritual war. The battle is an unseen battle. Our enemy, and we ought to be crystal clear on this, our enemy is the devil. And he is the one who attacks the church. This, in fact, has to do with the second question. Where is the battle? Where is the battle taking place? Is it in the media? Is it in Afghanistan? Is it, is it down the street in the shady parts of town? The devil comes to fight against the body of Christ on earth. That is, the devil brings the battle to the church. The devil attacks here. He attacks you. In fact, there's... Uh, there's two theaters of war in this cosmic battle. The church and your conscience. These two, in fact, are related to one another. Jesus comes to save you, and He still comes to save you, to forgive your sins, to hand you over to a good conscience, to stand before Him in this life and on the day of judgment and forever, to stand before Him with a good conscience. And the Lord hands you over to this salvation and hands you over to this good conscience in His church. It is, in fact, the reason and the one reason that Jesus has a church on earth so that He can daily and richly forgive you all your sins, give you a clean conscience. And the devil comes to undo this work. The devil comes to unravel the kingdom of God. And he does it by attacking God's order in society and in our family and especially his order in the church. God's ordering of your conscience with the forgiveness of sins. And this means that we don't have to go looking for the fight. That we don't have to go on crusade. But that the that the fight comes to us. So that the one instruction that Paul has for the Lord's soldiers and for the body of Christ is not that we would attack, but rather that we would stand. Four times in four verses, Paul says it. Stand. Be strong in the Lord and the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Therefore, stand. And this is the third thing. 
What is your role in this battle? What is your part? What does the church do as we stand here in this, in this spiritual war? We are not charged to attack. Nor are we charged to retreat. <laughs> Jesus says, stand. This is your duty. You're dressed as a soldier and you're put at the post of a sentry and you are to stand and watch. This is the third question that we had, remember? Who's our enemy? Where's the battle? What do we do? What's our role? Standing. We were the last couple of days up in Estes Park. A handful of you were there uh, hearing Dr. Kleinig from Australia speak on the topic of spiritual warfare and how it is with the demons and with us and with the church and the Lord. And he unfolded this wonderfully that the Lord gives a sentry duty. The, the, as the Roman Empire was expanding throughout the world, basically taking over the whole world, one of the most important jobs of soldiers in the Roman army was that of the sentry, of guarding the border, of staying at the post and watching, and especially in the dark hours of the night, listening for the enemy to attack. And these sentries had such an important job that there was two crimes they could commit at their post for which they would be executed immediately. No trial, no jury, no judge, no nothing, just a sword. The first offense was leaving their post. And they could leave their post either by retreating or by attacking. When they saw the enemy and if they went and attacked them themselves, they could be put to death. They would probably be dead already. But anyways, if they lived, they would be put to death. But there was a second offense for which they would be executed without question. And that is if they fell asleep. If they fell asleep at their post, no questions. They were to stand at the post and stay awake and watch. Now, Paul says the same thing of us. It doesn't mean for us that we don't go to sleep at night or it doesn't mean that you'll be executed if you fall asleep during the sermon. (laughs) But we are to be spiritually awake, which means this. We are watchful in our prayers. The Christian that falls asleep is the Christian that fails to pray. A Christian who is asleep is a Christian who does not watch in the prayer. So we're on the front, on the border of the kingdom of God. We're stationed there by God and we are to watch for the devil's attack. We are to stand at our post where the Lord has put us and we are to watch and we are to pray so that the devil wouldn't find a way in. And this is dangerous work. So we ask the fourth question, what is our protection? And for our comfort, St. Paul gives us an inventory of five things, five pieces of armor that are to give us the confidence to stand there on the edge of darkness and watch and pray. He says this, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In every circumstance, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish the flaming darts of the evil one. And put on the, sorry, and take up the helmet of salvation. This is your protection. It's not your strength. 
either physically or spiritually. It's not your power. It's not your works or your awesome goodness. You are clothed in Christ. Your armor is Him. His truth wrapped around your waist like a belt. A mind readied with His gospel on your feet. His righteousness protecting your heart like a breastplate. His salvation protecting your head and your mind like a helmet. And the shield of faith doused by baptism to extinguish all of the devil's fiery darts. And this faith is not your belief. It is what you believe. What you believe in. What you trust. It is the creed. The mighty fortress of the Lord's name. You see, dear saints, the armor of God, it turns out, is God himself. The blood and righteousness of Jesus, which are like a bulletproof vest to the devil's onslaught. You see, you see his attack on your conscience to condemn you. But Jesus has been condemned already in your place. And you are acquitted. So the devil brings to you your sins, all of them, and tries to use them to condemn you, but his accusations just won't stick. You did this. The devil shoots an arrow. Died for by Jesus, we say, and ping, off the helmet it goes. (laughs) You thought that. The devil shoots at us, but boing, bounces off the breastplate of righteousness. You are a wicked, miserable, godless sinner. The devil can loose a whole quiver at you, but we say, my Jesus suffered for me was buried for me, rose for me, and all these arrows are buried and extinguished in the shield of faith. God be praised, you are safe. We could never, we could never endure this attack on our own. But there is one who fights for us, fights for you, one who holds the field. Ask ye, who is this? Jesus Christ it is, of Sabbath, Lord, and there's none other God. He holds the field forever. And this brings us to the final question. What weapons are we given for the fight? And there is only one. Take up the, take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Our epistle lesson ended there, but the sentence from St. Paul doesn't. Here's the whole thing. Take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying... At all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me, that words may be given to me and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. And this is a surprise. The, the Lord gives us a spiritual sword. In fact, He gives us the sword of the Holy Spirit Himself, the Lord's Word. And how are we to yield it? How are we to use it? To thrash away at the devil or to go around stabbing the demons? (laughs) No. Paul says, simply pray. We use the Lord's word to pray. To ask Jesus for help. The Roman sentries, he stood there on the front. When, when he, he saw, or especially when he heard the enemies coming to attack, he wasn't supposed to go and fight them himself. He was supposed to call for reinforcements. And now the infantry, the troops, would come rushing in to shore up that place 
that needed, that needed help. This is what we do. As we stand, we pray, which is to call in reinforcements. And, and we don't call in the infantry or the army. We call in the champion himself, Jesus, who comes to fight for us, to protect us, to keep us, to beat back the devil from his church, from the Lord's church, and from your conscience. Jesus, after all, has won the battle. I mean, the devil, it looked like the devil won for a couple of days, three days. He, he knocked him down into the grave. But Jesus stood up. And in victory and in grace, he still stands. And dear saints, you stand with him. Amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We hope you were blessed by today's Word of Hope. Hope Lutheran Church is located at 1345 Macon Street in Aurora, Colorado. Their weekly schedule is as follows. Sunday morning worship at 915, adult Bible class and youth Sunday school at 1045 a.m. On Tuesday mornings, there is a matin service at 830 a.m. with a Bible class to follow at 930 a.m. You can find out more about Hope Lutheran Church at www.hope-aurora.org. That's www.hope-aurora.org. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you in His grace.